Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, executive editor of Recode. Thanks for listening to Recode Replay. Here's one of the interviews from the stage of the 2016 Code Conference. If you like it, please leave us a review at iTunes.com slash Recode Replay. I'm going to bring out Nick Denton, and we're going to talk about what's going on at Gawker. Nick Denton. Hey. Thank you. Have a seat. Pick, pick one. Which, which one is this? Yeah, which one is mine? This one. This one right here. All close to me here. Um, so, what's new? <laughs> you, you, you tell me. I haven't been here the last day. Uh, so, well, you've had. I, 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 I hear we came up a few times. Yes, you came up a few times. It's a, it's a topic. It's interesting to the media. Obviously, it's interesting to me as a person in Walt yeah. and, and Peter. Um, all right, let's talk about where you are right now, what's happening right now. Why don't you give us an update of what happens from here um, in the case, and then we can get into Peter Thiel and other, other issues. Um, there's a hearing on June 10th uh, mm-hmm. down in Florida, probably the last hearing in the state court, mm-hmm. uh, the state court where we got the $140 million verdict mm-hmm. um, against the company, myself, and A.J. Delario, the author of a 2012 post mm-hmm. Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that will probably be the last hearing in front of this particular judge, mm-hmm. um, and then it goes to the appeals court. And then the hear- what is, happens in that hearing? Uh, predictable things, but we're not, we're not expecting any particular favors from this mm-hmm. judge. Mm-hmm. Meaning it go- then it has to move, you have to appeal it to the next. Yeah, the, the, the one thing that people forget about this whole saga is that uh, it was actually before a federal judge, before it was at the state court, and mm-hmm. it's been in front of the appeals court on several occasions, mm-hmm. and the federal judge deemed it newsworthy, um, you know, found for us, and the appeals court has repeatedly ruled uh, in our favor. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're pretty confident that once we actually get it in front of a, a higher court, mm-hmm. uh, in front of the judges at the higher court, um, mm-hmm. that they'll find it in our favor, what or, or, or reduce very significantly what is clearly an outsized verdict. So what does that mean until then? You have to pay this money, or it goes in escrow, or what happens? Uh, it's, compli- it's complicated. All right. I'm not stupid, but what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Florida has an interesting, do, do, do people really want to hear the... I think what's going to happen to your company, because okay. it reflects on what do you do? You have this money that you need to use. Uh, the, there is a bond rule in mm-hmm. Florida. So you have to put up Which the money. Um, basically says you have to put up... I think they're arguing, Peter Thiel's lawyers are arguing that it's $50 million for the company, $50 million for me, and $50 million for A.J. Delaria, mm-hmm. um, the writer. So how long before this case is resolved? And you have others you face now. This particular case, I think general reckoning is it takes about uh, nine months to get to the appeals court. Mm-hmm. The, the, the issue here is not uh, really so much a question of law or facts. It's just the incredible expense mm-hmm. uh, and time that it takes exactly. to yeah. go through every stage of the process. Mm-hmm. And you know, some of the rather bizarre rules that you encounter along the way. Mm-hmm. And um, in that kind of environment, it's pretty easy for a deep-pocketed um, backer, um, you know, somebody who funds lawsuits, mm-hmm. um, to m- make it very taxing in terms of uh, money and time. I think that's the point here, is what's happening. I, so, I, I heard there was a discussion of champity. 
Champ yes, it was. I'm, it was. I'm not sure whether I pronounced that I correctly. Yet. I actually wasn't even aware of the the name and the phrase until until last week. But yes, I've had an so education let's talk since. about that deep-pocketed investor in these lawsuits. Uh -huh. You had talked to me about thinking it was someone like this, that something else was going on previously. Um, were you surprised by this? Uh, Peter Thiel was one of the people that I thought it could be. Um, and we believed that there was some secret backer, or it was likely there was some secret backer, mm -hmm. uh, just because the uh, Hulk Hogan was not, and actually, frankly, the, some of the other plaintiffs um, that Peter Thiel's lawyer is representing, uh, that they weren't acting as plaintiffs who were seeking a financial return. Uh, there's just one example. Uh, Hulk Hogan actually downgraded his claim for emotional distress, mm -hmm. which actually reduces the ultimate payout mm -hmm. that he would get if he was successful. Uh, but Reduce, uh, eliminated that claim uh, in order to uh, obviate our insurance. Right. In order to buy. They have a lot insurance. of money, because they have a lot of money to fight him. Correct. Well, because if you're Peter Thiel and you have a lot of money, uh, and you're up against an insurance company, that's different than if you're Peter Thiel with a lot of money up against the company, which is then naked and without an insurer to mm -hmm. to pay for the bills. I see. So. What, so you talked about this idea that it was someone, and it turns out that was the case. Yeah, I was, I was, actually, I was surprised that it came out as quickly as it did. Really? Why is that? Well, because there was nothing really to, you know, it was very hard to actually identify mm -hmm. person. I, I, mean, I wonder whether, um, I mean, I suppose there were questions, there was speculation. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> you know, we, we, we were getting rumors. Mm -hmm. um, and sure, we were passing on rumors, but uh, you know, most of what we heard was just from, from the grapevine. So and, and, we, and I had various other people that um, we were, were on the list of people who so had the means and maybe the motive. To, is it a long list? Uh, it was maybe three or four people. Who are that, the other people you thought? I'm not going to go into I can guess. Um, so in this case. But you, but you, when I, we, I mean, we should just talk. We, we spoke about it about yeah, I, a, we, a I, week before. I, people you have wronged, or people feel wronged by you, or however you want to phrase it. Lots, lots of people. People that would do you, something but you, about but you, it. But you, you, you thought that Teal, if I'm. If, if I, I, yes, I, I, we were I, in a, hypo, I, we were in a term, but, No, no, we were in a hypothetical. I was like, yes, he would do that. I, there was a list of who is mad at you, which is long. Yeah. Um, and then there was a list of people who would do something about it, who would think about doing something about it. It was long. And then there were people who would actually do something about it. And, and then there's short. people who have the money and the mindset. Yes, the and, money. And the, and the motive. And, and would do it, would actually that, pull that, the trigger. That's a, a would pull the trigger. List. Yes, it's a short it's, list. It was extraordinary. It was, it was hard to believe that I, I, I found it. For a long time, people were suggesting this, and I was like, that can't be true. And actually, even just to think about it, you know, that way lies madness, conspiracy theories. I've never actually been a believer in conspiracy theories, because mm -hmm. I think usually people are too loose-lipped, and mm -hmm. conspiracy theories come out. Mm -hmm. um, in this particular instance, it has taken several years for uh, this to come out. It's a 10-year thing that's been going on here. I'm not, not exactly sure what was the prompt for Peter Thiel. He, he hasn't been particularly. So what do you think clear. it was? I mean, obviously, you wrote a story. Well, what, he's, what, if, what he said is that um, there were friends of his <coughs> um, that suffered 
as a result of reporting on uh, Gorkur and Ballywag. I'm paraphrasing here. Mm -hmm. And so you know, who, who are his friends who've been reported extensively on uh, Sean Parker? Mm -hmm. We did a story on the streets where his, he has a house in Manhattan being dug up for a firehouse cable to be put in. Mm -hmm. His neighbors were unhappy about that. Um, we did stories about the wedding mm -hmm. and the complaints by environmental mm -hmm. organizations that the Red Many people covered. Had, I mean, the fact is that many people have covered all of these stories. Mm -hmm. um, the, I mean, one of the other lawsuits that Peter Thiel's uh, lawyer is backing, Peter Thiel hasn't confirmed that he's the funding behind this, but his lawyer is the... Uh, is representing the so plaintiff is, is this guy Shiva, what do you imagine, Shiva Ayadurai. What do you imagine the agenda is for him? And does is he justified in in getting back at you? He called it a philanthropy, but I think we can all agree he's mad at you. Well, I mean, it's a little hard. I mean, if he was sitting right. here, we could just talk. I know ab about it. Um, and uh, I don't think he's very active on Twitter. So mm -hmm. no. you know, all we really have is. Andrew Ross Sorkin's interview with him, mm -hmm. uh, in which he was talking about people who had their lives ruined uh, by coverage uh, on Gorkur and Valleywag, uh, and uh, in which he talked about his friends mm -hmm. specifically, but without naming them. I mean, there's Sean Parker, there's Keith Raboys, who's been covered pretty extensively. Mm -hmm. um, but that's pretty much all that we know. And then there's criticism of Peter Thiel himself. People have focused on the story in which we noted, in fact, in which Owen Thomas, who's, I think, sitting here, mm -hmm. uh, noted uh, that Peter Thiel is the most prominent and successful gay venture capitalist in Silicon Valley, which certainly at the time mm -hmm. was a straight Well, let's talk about that story. Preserve. I mean, what, but, 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 but actually, we should talk about others, too, right. because there's been extensive coverage of his political views. Yes, absolutely. Have been much more critical. Right. So... One of the th one of the things that's been interesting to me is how much support he's gotten in Silicon Valley, and how many people think. I'm, that, not, I'm not surprised by that. Well, okay, but that so many people think you completely deserve this. Mm -hmm. That you did. That you all went beyond the pale. I got emails from lots of people who think you've wronged them. This one is from uh, Pat uh, uh, Pax Dickinson. You remember Pax? Um, <coughs> who tweeted? and was then fired as CTO of Business Insider. Yes, exactly. And, and, and we committed the great offense of doing stories about the tweets that got him fired. Have you ever had a sleepless night because you regretted something Gawker published or hurt someone? Do you think Gawker's business model depends on hurting people? And would Gawker be where it is today if it had not profited from hurting people? Secretly recording yourself and your partner having sex without his knowledge, then publishing the tape. Is that sex abuse? I don't well, get emails like this a lot. Well, let, 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 let's, let, let's talk about, um, well, do, do you want to summarize Pax Dickinson's? He thinks you're an asshole. Yeah, okay, but do you want to summarize what the stories were? Uh, I, I don't remember them. I, I, a lot of them I don't remember. I, it was about, it was around, um, I don't remember. Look, I don't remember. News, when news gets out, people's careers can suffer. Mm -hmm. um, they can be shunned, they can be criticized. Um, but you've got to determine like, who, where does responsibility lie? How is it shared? Mm -hmm. In the case of Pax Dickinson, was it the, uh, his tweets mm -hmm. that we reported on? Mm -hmm. Does he have some responsibility for what he wrote? Mm -hmm. uh, is Henry Blodgett and the management of Business Insider responsible for, you know, if, if it was unfair that he got fired for those tweets, 
Um, what responsibility do do they hold? We are, are the messenger. All right, and, but that's and, not and, true. And, that's and, not true. And, and, and a lot of people actually. Would, I know you uh, say you're the messenger, but there's a tone and tonality to what you're doing. Oh yeah, we're snarky. We've had we're, dinner after dinner where we're, we disagree. We're we're, we're, a, we're a snarky messengers. That's right. Uh, uh, Goka.com. I mean, the, the other the other properties are. We'll are, talk about rather, the other. Are rather different, but, yes. but Goka.com has has certainly been a home. Yeah, made a you know, often rather deferential and fawning press. It has been a home for critical thinking, critical coverage, and often a critical tone. And yeah, that's absolutely clear. That's so, one thing. So, so, so the stories do and can. Yes, that is be, one thing. But I get the deferential tone. I get the cheerleading part. And you and I have had dinner after dinner. And we argued about this. And your husband, by the way, agrees with yeah. me almost completely. Um, where <laughs> which you, is, which is you why you say, like him so you, much. You say to me, you know a lot of things. You don't publish them. You should. Even if you know partial things, you should publish them. Remember, we talked about rumors and things like that. You should publish them, even if you don't know. And I'm like, you're fucking nuts. No, I, I, do I, 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 I don't agree with that. No, we did have that argument. That is absolutely true. Remember, you said if you know parts of things, you should get it out there. Show me, show me the tapes. Uh, oh God. <laughs> you did. I'm going to bring Darren's in for this one. But the, we have a different opinion no, about I, what's I, Look, I, I definitely, I definitely you, believe. You all definitely look, I, I, do I, stuff. I, I definitely believe, like, for, for instance, let's take the Facebook coverage mm -hmm. on Gizmodo. Right. Gizmodo did a story. Yes. It was a very well-researched, documented story, but it was a partial story based on, um, based on a, two, I think, anonymous sources. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a story that uh, then drove Absolutely. the entire Legitimate coverage story. of the, how Facebook chooses the news, mm -hmm. how it's maybe not quite as automatic mm -hmm. algorithmic as people have been led to believe mm -hmm. you know, how human bias can, I, can, can, again, can sneak into the process now wish I, we had it I don't believe that if we hadn't done that first um, excellent but partial story I, I don't believe that the reporting would have like, like now we have a much much collectively we have a much much better idea of, of, how, of how Facebook works absolutely and, and so I mean, but that's it's, very it's, it's different than publishing Peter Thiel is gay people like right is that per, you know so we wouldn't did, we wouldn't did, did, do did, that. You, did you know that Peter Thiel was I gay? did okay and now how many people do you think in Silicon Valley no at that idea. time knew no but idea hundreds thousands no idea. tens I, I, of thousands a number of people a yes number of people. yeah so at what point is something sufficiently well known, at least among the elite, um, that it is uh, newsworthy, that it is, uh, it is, it is published. My point is, is it newsworthy? Does it matter? I mean, if it was something, that, that, that would be where I would say, yeah. lots of things. Like, for example, you know, let's be clear, you've written, like, you've written fantastic stories, and that's where I, where I think is the problem for a lot of journalists. You've written fantastic stories, and then some of them, um, we, 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 we overstep the mark sometimes. Yes, some I, of them, I, I, like, I'm not clear why you need to Photoshop Sheryl Sandberg with a, with a shotgun. Like, I don't get it. Like, I don't, it's just me. Was it a bad joke? It was or? a bad joke. It was a bad joke. Well, maybe. I'm sorry. You know, some we, people don't, sometimes they don't, don't apologize to me. Yeah. I don't, I'm not Sheryl Sandberg. But, um, but sometimes it goes beyond the pale to a place that then engenders this kind of anger, which then results in this. We're pretty much the only independent digital media company. We got to scale and we got to profitability, self-funded, without outside capital, at least until um, the legal bills started to mount and we raised money earlier this year. And uh, we've been a company of journalists. Uh, I'm a former journalist. Uh, the company has a, a very journalistic mission and the mission is to take, you know, it's a mission of honest conversation about the news and all of the things that make us good 
are also the, the things that sometimes cause us to overstep them up. Like, just, let's just take the honesty. Mm -hmm. the, the honesty, I, I believe, uh, reviews of products, whether it's cars or video games or gadgets, um, our stories, we try to be as candid to our writers try to say what they think, what they know. And then sometimes the flip, I mean, the flip side of that is that sometimes honesty and truth can be a cloak in which you know, one is merely shielding obnoxiousness. That it's like the person who just, you know, who says something rude and then they're criticized for that and say, well, I was just being honest. Right. And so that is the flip side and I, you know, I, I cop to that. All right, cop to that is different. You're suffering for it for now. I mean, you're actually, you know, you're, you're moving we, we, out of your apartment, you're getting sued all over the place, you possibility of bankruptcy. This is like you're paying for something. Um, we've, we've, our readers and we have benefited from the honesty and the fearlessness uh, of the Gorka riders, and, and, and yes, and, and now we're paying a price for you know, for the, some, some of the right, stories right. that people I get that, I get that, but it's a little like, like Peter Till's ridiculous canard that this is philanthropy. Like, look, it's yeah. fine to say, I'm pissed at these guys, it's a vendetta, I'm gonna get them. That's, I'm good with that, like, yeah. okay, you're an asshole, but go right ahead. But the, the, no, I, I, but, I, I, but the same I, thing to say that you're fearless, sometimes it's just me. Like, I, you know what I mean? We argue about this all yeah, the time. Yeah, and sometimes fearlessness and I'm not is, known as someone who's that nice. So um, this yeah. is coming from someone who has a reputation of being not so nice. Um, there is a point where, you know, we talked a little bit about um, Marissa Mayer. I'm super tough on her, really tough. I think she can't stand me. The fact of the matter is I don't write about her personal life. I don't write about her clothes or her whatever, all the personal stuff that's now coming out, I find objectionable. I find, and I'm like, and, and some people would call it newsworthy. I don't think it's newsworthy. I think it's so, 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 Sometimes it absolutely does bleed into gossip. Right. I, I, th I think if you, if, you think, if you think about how do people talk amongst themselves? Right. In, in the elite, whether you're talking about LA or New York or Silicon Valley, and, and actually, a lot of the stories are not the stories that appear in the newspaper. Right. They are the you know, stories about, well, actually, how so-and-so is getting the blame for that bad acquisition, and they're on their way right. out. And in fact, this thing that looked like, like a promotion like wa this. wasn't like a promotion. Right. And, and actually, that's usually the truer version of what's going on. And I, I think in Silicon Valley, there's a... You know, particular, the tension is particularly extreme. Absolutely, let's get, let's get into that topic because, I mean, that's a very good example and I'll bring it back to two examples, for example, with Marissa Mayer. We wrote about her demotion at Google. She was not happy about that, you know, but it was a demotion, no matter how you sliced it. Not very and, unhappy. And, and we've written about, you know, the throne, but, the throne that she sat on at the Yahoo party. I don't care about her throne. Whatever. I don't care about her throne. Um, and then, at the same time, I'd read about a demotion. I find that to be newsworthy. And then, when she fell asleep and didn't make that meeting, they leaked that to me first. And I thought, well, Google executives miss meetings all the time, and they're jerky about it, or Facebook executives. Why is she getting dinged anymore? And I felt it was sexist. I thought it was possibly vindictive. And I didn't publish it. And the Wall Street Journal did. So, I mean, it's, people are always deciding newsworthy things all the time. Like, what's newsworthy? And we, like, none of us get it Do right all the time. Do you regret some of the things that you've deemed newsworthy that maybe aren't so much newsworthy and just kind of salacious gossip? Not it's not really salacious, but just gossip. Some of it's salacious. Um, yeah, we've, we've published a, a million stories uh, on, the, uh, on the Gorka brands uh, over the last Give me an example, one where, well, the, the guy. Well, there's, 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 an, there's an obvious example, right. uh, which is the story which I ha had taken down um, because it was another outing story. I don't, I don't actually think that out, like the political significance of outing. Why after, did you take that down? Why, why versus writing the Peter Thiel? He, he, he was a he was a 
largely private individual. He had a C in his title, and he shared a surname with somebody famous. Uh, but he was a largely private uh, individual. Uh, I, he hadn't expressed himself on any issue that was kind of connected with his sexuality or his family life. You, he showed up less frequently on a Google search than most of our writers. Uh, and uh, I couldn't see the point in the story. And, uh, and you know, when people like you uh, and Glenn Greenwald and people who are generally believers in press freedom criticized it, and I agreed with you, um, I had the All right, had the make story the argument out. then for Peter Thiel, writing that he's gay. Widely known, um, you know, knew who his boyfriend was. It was widely known in, in the gay community. Uh, it was widely known in Silicon Valley. Uh, and it, it, What's I, the I, 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 I don't think it is a shame. I think it. I don't either. I, I don't think it is a shame. And I, I'm the people who seem to be most sensitive about outing, at least judging from Twitter, are actually straight people. It's uh, it's actually strange that uh, I think if you're if you're gay and you saw the only public figures who were gay were actors and maybe a few executives in the entertainment industry, you know, many of them sort of half in the closet, half out. Silicon Valley, despite it proclaiming itself to be such a, to like a tolerant and open place, um, had almost no people in any positions of power um, who were known in the media to be gay. It was known within Silicon Valley. I just don't see that so you believe that? I, 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 don't, I, don't I don't see it as possible to kind of maintain that. And when something is, in the, in the modern world, when something is widely known, mm -hmm. you know. But he reached the test because he was famous. That's your, basically sorry? what you're saying, is he's well known. Famous, and it was, and it was already known you know, amongst, in his circle. Okay. I mean, I think that, unfortunately, it's really hard to decide what's new in that it, regard. It, 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 is, it is hard, yeah. What about what someone else wrote me about someone, you, a girl who had sex in a bathroom, you published yeah, a video. Yeah, that was a terrible story. That was bad. How did that get, but see, it, it was, these uh, get on your site, so who's responsible? For it? Is, it was, that, is it a culture was, you created? Have you changed? What's the... Yeah, we've, we've absolutely tightened up. Uh, that was about 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Let's, I mean, let's look at, look, look at the bigger picture here. I mean, it's a story we... we we had taken down. It was a video that had appeared elsewhere. Um, it was in a public place, but not. It was a. It, it was a story that should not have been published. The there's a huge amount of information coming out onto social networks, onto Twitter, onto Facebook. Uh, everything is like our communications are recorded. It's very easy for somebody, you know, if you text the wrong person, it's very easy for them just simply to take that and post it up online or to send it to, send it to some journalist. So we're actually living in an environment in which just there's vastly more information. Uh, Ashley Madison, there are millions of families that could have been wrecked mm -hmm. by that information getting out in public, and it was out in public. It was available to be searched on uh, So you're on, saying that's the, the way it is? There isn't some editorial judgment that well, you... Well, I, th I think it actually calls for much more editorial judgment now. There's a lot more information to sift through. Before, if, there was, if, if you got hold of information and it was true and it was interesting, if information was in sufficiently short supply, that usually that would be information that you post up. Like now, I think we all have more responsibility because there's just there's just more stuff what to change from. what changes i mean and for, the, the, for you unfortunately it's too late in a lot of ways because you've gotten you're, you're caught in this lawsuit 
because of behaviors, well, you now say, now I, we have to be I think, I think it, it, arguably it was too late for us in 2007 if right. Peter Thiel began his vendetta back then. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I, think it's, I think it's right that we be held to account for uh, our journalism. I think it's right that everybody be held to account for their journalism. So I, what think, I, think, I, think, I think it's right also that the social media platform must be held to account for you know, the information and for the bullying and the harassment, um, and they are held Which to account. many people think you are. I mean, that's well, bullying. Uh, I mean, look, please, keep it, keep it in perspective. Yeah. Uh, there, there are high schools throughout this country that, you know, which, like, whether you're talking about Kick or Facebook or Twitter, that um, there are bullying scandals every single day of the week across the, across the country, well, across, across the world, um, because there are so um, the, the barrier to on the tools on these platforms. The barriers is on that. Let's you, talk about you, that because one of the people we wanted to have here, and we just got a few minutes, and we'll get questions, um, was Keith Ravoy, and he was willing to do it, but he had to go to a Reddit board meeting. And I said, "You're fucking kidding me!" Like Reddit, like the cesspool, like it can be, you know, like like can you defend that versus this? Because he had his opinion about what you're doing, because it can be. There's all kinds of controversies around Reddit. And he said, Reddit's a reflection of the American people. It's a platform. Well, and, we're, all, we're all platformers. We're well, all, yeah, but, you, we're, but we're, he was we're, trying to distinguish between editorial and, hey, we're just here, we've made a platform, and we can't control everything people say. Well, so the platforms use the safe harbor provisions to mm -hmm. defend the fact that people put up obnoxious stuff, mm -hmm. pornographic a pedophile porn on Reddit, mm -hmm. uh, that uh, they, they defend that as being, okay, nothing to do with us, we're just a platform. Uh, if it needs to be taken down, it will be taken down. Right. And uh, the press uses the First Amendment. There's much less of that mm -hmm. uh, kind of material that actually makes its way out onto, certainly onto mainstream news sites and onto blogs mm -hmm. uh, and to, uh, uh, to uh, journalistic platforms. But there is a parallel there. The, mm -hmm. there's, just, there's a lot more stuff coming out. There's a lot more stuff that's kind of coming into us, that's coming onto the platforms. Uh, and uh, we all need to look at how to judge whether it's newsworthiness um, or by other standards. Or it's just out there. You can't really control it. Let's talk about but, lastly. But, but, but I think we're all under some kind of responsibility. We have some responsibility for what we share. OK. Um, Silicon Valley, powerful people. Yeah. People in Hollywood, Wall Street, New York, media, seem used to the attacks that they get. They consider them attacks, the gossip. Yeah, I mean, like, page Six or TMZ are mm -hmm. uh, pretty familiar institutions in, you know, in New York and Hollywood, yeah. Right. I've been on Page Six, by the way. I, don't know if you know. I have been extensively on Page Six myself. Yeah, have you? Uh, uh, they thought I was having a baby with Jeff Bezos. That was nice. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when I was pregnant. Did, did, did you correct them? I said it was Rupert Murdoch's gay son, uh -huh. so, uh, and they said, they freaked out. Um, so they would, didn't quote me on that. I was just trying. It was fascinating. I was horrified, and it was terrible. It was a terrible experience because it was untrue. I was, had to tell my family about being pregnant very, much more quickly than I wanted to. I was pissed off. I didn't do anything about it. I let it go kind of thing. You don't, you're of the mind that Silicon Valley people are too thin-skinned. I completely agree with you. Um, Talk about that very briefly, and then we'll get to questions. There's, they're just not used to it. I mean, the money is relatively new, and the power is relatively new, and we're in this uh, situation. Where the, the rich 
uh, seem at least to much of the outside world to be kind of controlling things uh, from the shadows, funding lawsuits secretly, special purpose vehicles, offshore accounts, whatever it is, they can exercise power very discreetly. A, a Silicon Valley billionaire is a hundred times, a thousand times more powerful than the average congressman, uh, and yet subject to a fraction of the scrutiny and accountability of somebody with that more classic version of, uh, of power. Yeah, and then on the other hand, the, the people are monitored, you know, often by companies that these Silicon Valley billionaires are themselves um, investors in or executives at. The people are monitored more than they've ever been. They're, sometimes it's, often it's voluntary, mm -hmm. but um, movements, uh, friends, uh, social profile. You can tell whether somebody is gay or not just by looking at their Facebook friends, that mm -hmm. um, all of this information is out there. I think there's an imbalance, and uh, it's uh, uh, part of the way in which that balance is kind of corrected is part of it is through news and journalism and gossip that people want to know what the powerful are doing. They can't expect to hide entirely in the shadows, and particularly if they're actually using the media to to put out their own views, their own political views, as Peter Thiel has um, often done. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't think people really accept that they can just stay in the background and pull strings from behind the scenes. So your issue is his secretiveness in doing it. Yeah. I, I, but if he had I, done it out loud and said, you, Nick Ditton, I'm going to get you, I'm going to take you down, and I'm going to spend lots of money doing so. I suppose that would have been probably better than doing it entirely in secret. Best thing, some, some other Others have found, they've founded and funded media criticism sites, you know, media sites to watch and to monitor Fox News and to point out inaccuracies or to you know, allow for some kind of counter argument. That, that seems like a constructive uh, approach to take. Uh, and you know, or set up a legal fund for like, all victims of privacy. Mm -hmm. intrusions by media or social media for that matter. Mm -hmm. and don't, don't make it, make it about the issue uh, rather than making it about a personal vendetta. Is there something you regret in this for yourself? I think the, the fearlessness of Gorka, it gave us, you know, that's why we get four million people coming every single weekday to, the the, um, to Gorka and the other properties. To, uh, it's why we've broken more stories, writer for writer, pound for pound, than I think pretty much any other um, digital news organization. But, but to take on as many enemies as we did, uh, I think was, I think journalistically, I'm proud of that. Uh, but in business terms, uh, as we've seen. And what aren't you proud of? What? Of what you've done. I, I've tried but it's hard to come out with stories which have some kind of balance. So you take that Marissa Mayer mm -hmm. being late for a meeting. Like my idea of the best way to cover that kind of story is to say, yes, she was late for a meeting. Yes, the advertisers thought that was disrespectful. She's not the only one mm -hmm. who's ever been in that situation. To try to go down, to show a bit of nuance. Mm -hmm. And the unfortunate fact is that nuance does not play, or has not, at least until recently, played 
uh, in the media marketplace. If you, if you put a story, can I give a, one little example? Sure, we've got, we've got a question from John. There was a, we, we did a story about a, there was a heartwarming tale of a kitten stuck up a tree rescued by a firefighter. It was a, one of the kind of classic viral story. And unfortunately, the kitten died. Mm -hmm. Next day, the kitten died from smoke inhalation. Mm -hmm. And we had, a, we had actually had a public discussion about the story of Gorka because we, we included the fact that the kitten had died, mm -hmm. the nuanced story. The nuanced story does not do as well as the story about either the tragedy or the heroism. Mm -hmm. The one-note story almost always beats the nuanced story. And that is, I'm not going to blame social media algorithms for that because that's ultimately a reflection of what people want, what kind of headlines they click on. And they click on the straightforward ones. Uh, last quick question, then we'll get to Josh. Is Barker going to have to declare bankruptcy? Are you considering declaring bankruptcy? We're looking at all uh, possible outcomes. We have a whole bunch of hearings to go. Uh, and uh, so far, what we've done is we've hired Mark Patrikov Mm -hmm. um, to advise us on strategic, strategic options. And uh, interestingly enough, actually last week, I, I, I don't really understand how this works, but after all the news last week and Peter Thiel's um, his, uh, appearance from backstage uh, in this story, uh, we got a uh, whole bunch of uh, inbound interest. So that, that was interesting. Hey, Nick, how are you? Uh, two Thank questions, you. very different. So the first is um, about your responsibility. Uh, going back to the, the case that you were talking about where you took down the story on the uh, C-suite, relatively not notable C-suite uh, executive, um, you've been very good at skirting around responsibility. You created an environment for your editors and writers where you push them to tell those kinds of stories, right? To out people or to, to, be, to go beyond what might be the average or expected story. Um, and yet you had this kind of like fallout where a lot of editors left, some business people left around the same time. Um, do you feel like, have you, do you think you've accepted an appropriate amount of responsibility for that? Do you feel regret over how that played out publicly? I, I think the, we, the motto of uh, one of the editors of, uh, at the time was, we put true facts on the internet. And uh, I, I, de I definitely feel that we, we wanted to have a clear focus mission to put out stories that were true and interesting and not to be uh, bound, like many media organizations are, uh, by a list, either explicit or implicit, of all the people who can't be covered um, because of the relationships, um, because of business relationships, or because um, or. Uh, because they're friends of friends or something like that. And we set writers free. And uh, yes, I take responsibility for n not recognizing always what the consequences of that kind of freedom were. That in amidst all of the awesome stories that wouldn't have been published anywhere else, um, that needed to be published, all of the stories that actually got people talking, got other people following, um, that there are stories that, among them that I'm not proud of, that did step over the mark. We were, we were wild. And uh, a, lot, a lot of that was good, and some of that wasn't. And so, and so you're, but the environment you created, you would say that you were in a different place than you are right now in terms of the environment you want at Gawker, right? 
I, I think I'm in a different place. Uh, I'm, I think the media market is in a different place. That people have gotten like they. There's, we're saturated. In the early days of blogs, you had mainstream media, and then you had some 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 criticism from the from the side from the blogs, and it was very refreshing. It was it was new and it was refreshing. And then Twitter came along, and social media, and a tidal wave of a deluge of information and criticism and meanness uh, and online bullying. And I think we reached some point where I mean I was. I don't even go into app mentions on Twitter. Um, like, what's the point in going? It's, you're just going to put yourself well, in it. For you, it must be a fucking nightmare. Gamergate activists. You're not well liked on Twitter. Uh, I, so I have one. I just one more. It'll be quick. Um, so let's say a, the apocalyptic situation occurs. Peter Thiel brings Gawker to its knees. You guys are out of money. You're, he, then he buys you whatever. Gawker's dead. Uh, you've been doing this a long time. Would you go and go get some money and start a new media company? Would you do this again, or are you are you in like a soft consulting gig somewhere? Gorka, <laughs> uh, remember he's after Gorka.com, uh, and uh, and Gorka Media is a group of seven properties. I don't think that anyone has any particular antagonism towards Gizmodo or to Jezebel or to Kotaku. Yeah. Or to dead uh, Kotaku, I think you could find some. People. Oh yeah, actually, sorry, the, 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 the GamerGate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, raise some money. Do, do not like the uh, was it the social justice yeah. journalism that Kotaku does. I I believe in the importance of an independent media, and I think the an independent media is probably more important now uh, than it has ever been. The public figures are more discreet, richer, uh, and arguably more powerful than they've ever been. Wealth is certainly more, much more concentrated, and, it can, and the power that it brings can be exercised from behind the scenes. And meanwhile, the media, um, most of uh, the digital media companies are not profitable. They're dependent on outside capital. The newspapers lost their classifieds uh, revenue stream. Uh, so the public figures are richer and more powerful, and the news media is poorer and less powerful. <clears throat> than it's been in a long, long time. So you'll, so I, 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 I think that it's for the good of society. There needs to be a counterbalance. There needs to be, there needs to be some criticism, uh, even if the billionaires don't like it. Uh, right. And that's the, that's the world that I want to live so you, in. You're not going anywhere, is what you're saying. Well, I'll tell you what I would like to do. I'd like to find a way to f more easily to be critical uh, and at the same time recognize in the same piece or in the same discussion, recognize that somebody who's being criticized isn't all bad. That I, I, I'd like to find a way for nuance to work a little bit more effectively in a, in a commercial media setting. Okay. Exactly how many lawsuits do you think he is bankrolling? And how many settlements have you had to pay confidentially that you think he is now responsible for? Uh, the... His lawyer, Charles Harder, uh, that he, uh, he's confirmed that, that he has the association with Charles Harder. This is the lawyer in the Hulk Hogan case. <clears throat> Charles Harder is also associated uh, with a case by Ashley Terrell. Um, actually, it involves a story about Sean Rad, who was on stage just before. As a journalist who had a dirt file on Sean Rad's co-founder, uh, didn't like the fact that she ended up being featured in the story. <clears throat> uh, She's suing us, I forget for how much. 
The other case is actually the most telling. This is Shiva Ayadurai, uh, a man who claims that he invented email about a decade after email was invented. Uh, he is suing us for defamation. <clears throat> this was a story that was also covered in the Washington Post and in other, in other places. These are the victims, the so-called victims, um, I presume that Peter Thiel is referring to. Uh, I, he hasn't confirmed that he is the money behind them, but he has confirmed that he is behind the lawyer who is behind them. But are there others we don't know about? You but, must be being sued by others that we don't no, know actually, about. Actually, those, those, those are the main ones. We, huh. we don't. What about settlements? What about settlements? You, you settled Previous. last year with the case you're talking about, for example. That was the, I think that's the only one that I can think of. Do you think Teal was behind that settlement? Um, I, I, I don't have any confirmation. Uh, the, the, what, we, what I'd like to know, and you know, if he was on stage, I'd just ask him, it's like, are you behind the Ashley Terrell suit? Right. Are you behind the Shiva Ayadurai suit? Why do you believe that these people were victims? These people hmm. <coughs> were, were subjects of stories that they didn't like. A lot of people are subjects of stories that they don't like. Uh, if you start to look at anybody who doesn't like a story as being a victim, and if you fund a campaign of legal harassment against a company that you believe victimized them, you know, then there won't be that much independent media left in the country. Last one. Hey, Nick. Um, it's all your fault. It, it, yes, I, I, I'm, I'm just going to make a statement. Sorry. Um, no, I, I do have a question. Um, you removed yourself from direct editorial management, actually giving... Um, your president, Heather Dietrich, direct oversight of the sites. Can you talk about that decision and um, more of the aftermath of the vote that you took as, um, as a management collective about the, uh, the, the takedown of the post? Because um, most, most of the people who were actually involved in that decision have left the company since, right? Yeah, we had a difference uh, of you know, we had a difference. People might look at me as being kind of on the extreme of radical journalism, um, but we had some radical journalists who were maybe even more radical than I, than I am. The, Heather Dietrich, uh, our general counsel, was, has been involved in our editorial decision-making by virtue of the fact that the stories are run past her and past her team. And uh, so she has, I, th I think, both a, a great, she's a firm believer in the First Amendment, a, a great believer in the journalism that we do. Uh, she's an excellent lawyer, and she has the trust of the editorial um, within the company uh, because she goes to bat for them when the stories uh, should be gone, when we should go for bat, to, to bat for them. Okay, last question, are you surprised that Jeff Bezos, because you've been pretty vile to him, um, supported you? I think we've been critical of uh, Amazon. You can call him tiny-fingered, but okay, whatever. Go ahead. What? I think Trump has been called short, a short-fingered vulgarian, hasn't he? So yeah, we've got to find but, but, but We must have been reusing an yeah. old... Um, what, the, uh, look, he, 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 he seems like a wise man to me. <laughs> uh, in the, if you have that much power, and he has both economic power... Uh, controlling the most important retail network uh, in the world. 
he has media power with his ownership of the Washington Post. And I think it's smart to recognize that the new power, like the old power, will have legitimacy insofar as it does allow criticism. It allows people to vent. It, um, it allows for a bit of a transparency. It doesn't keep things in secret and uh, responds with words to other words, to, with arguments to criticism, um, like rather than you know, with the bullying power of money. Very last question. Do you think you should have published that Hulk Hogan sex videotape? Would you regret that? This was a story that was deemed newsworthy by a federal judge, which we believe. I'm not talking about newsworthy by a federal but judge. Do you think you should have published it? I think the story, he was, he's such a, just think about it in, in the broadest terms, before it became a cause celebrity. It, it was, we had no blowback from that piece when it, when it, was, when it was published. You know, here was somebody, a reality star, a massively public figure, somebody being public about his sex life, extremely public about his sex life, uh, and somebody who had talked about this sex tape. He talked about it before, he talked about it after, he, he boasted, he made excuses for his performance. Uh, this is somebody who's made this part of his persona. So if you're ever gonna do a story about somebody's sex tape, um, then that's the kind of person you do the so story yes. about. You. I think the story's fine. Okay. Nick Denton. Thanks for listening to Recode Replay. Remember to leave us a review at iTunes.com slash Recode Replay and be sure to check out our other podcasts. Every Monday, I host Recode Decode, a podcast about tech and media's key players, big ideas, and how they're changing the world we live in. On Thursdays, you can hear Recode Media, where Peter Kafka interviews the smartest and most interesting people in the media world. And on Friday, I host Too Embarrassed to Ask, along with Lauren Good of The Verge. You can find all these shows and more at recode.net or wherever you listen to podcasts.